we are back with another episode of Underrated. I'm Lefty. And I'm Bo. We've got a bit of a different one today, Bo, don't we? No, uh, no main story. He's just going to talk about a couple of current events. No. Fred McGriff's going to have to hold us over for a while. Yeah, yeah. Fred McGriff and uh, Kresimir Chosich. Oh, yeah. That's going to have to hold you guys over for a while. We're, uh, we're just keeping it real today. Absolutely. Uh, there were there were a couple main things we were going to talk about in a bit, but uh, before we get into the the more serious topics, um, anything else you wanted to chat about, Bo? Um, I w- I would like to express my displeasure in the Amazon streaming service and Thursday Night Football, and uh, <laughs> I am also sick of seeing Russell Wilson on primetime games. It's uh, actually upsetting me. Yeah. He, he is just not good this season and it's almost like his vanilla personality has taken over his his play style now it is some boring football yeah yeah well i mean it's kind of like um outside of football the most boring vanilla people you know move to denver oh yeah and definitely <laughs> there's a lot of overlap there just because they have good ipas and they can hike along with a thousand other people on a, on a trail oh, yeah. in the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They can say that they're into skiing, but they only go once every eight or nine years. Oh, yeah, of course. Come on. You know? So, yeah. So that's going on. And uh, on top of that, let's start with the other team. How, how are the, the Colts are somehow worse without Carson Wentz? Now, that's yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah. It's a remarkable feat. Although, I think part of that might be uh, the... Uh, the lack of return of Jonathan Taylor this season. He's been, uh, yeah. he's, he's not playing tonight. And he's also, uh, you know, since week one, after his great performance that week, he's really just uh, kind of been a, an entirely different player. Definitely. And I, I think we talked about this on one of the other episodes. It's really hard to duplicate the type of success he had last year. It, it's almost impossible, right? And we've seen in many sports, like what that heavy workload can do to an athlete, you know, and I I think we specifically said in that episode, we really just don't hope, you know, the over usage just beats him into the ground, you know, but uh, I had high hopes for uh, Frank Reich, you know, former uh, Buffalo Bills backup quarterback, Uh, you know, he's uh, near and dear to my heart, the guy, so uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't don't know a lot about him, but he gives me a a real uh, Philip Rivers vibes. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like he's really into the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, 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 yeah. something along something kids. along those lines. <laughs> there's a different. There's a lot of different facets with Philip Rivers. He's kind of a he's 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 an onion. All right, there's a lot of layers there, man. Yeah, he's a lot like Shrek. He wears a lot of. <laughs> There's a lot of bolo ties, which I'm just jealous uh, that I don't own more of. Yeah, yeah. Some things are, some things are just, just too white for you. <laughs> oh man, those well, are reserved you know. for uh, Philip Rivers and Richard Petty. Oh yeah, Philip Rivers, another retired quarterback who has also successfully not stolen from uh, you know poor people in 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 their home state. Yeah, yeah. I mean. He did, help, he did help the Chargers, you know, build a new stadium, which did steal uh, probably, what, hundreds of millions of dollars from the low-income city. Definitely. Of, uh, <laughs> but um, he's, he's, he's turned a he's corner. Not, I, think, I think he's coaching high school football at a uh, private Christian school somewhere in the okay. South now. So Yeah, yeah. Like Brett Favre, too, right? Probably. <laughs> Damn. Uh, <laughs> really off the rails here. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know there have been some 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 serious uh, cheating scandals I wanted to address with you, Bo, in in some some lesser known sports. One right. that's one that's been uh, you know in and out of the headlines over the past six weeks about uh, a, a chess cheating scandal, and yeah. another one that has recently uh, surged into the headlines about uh, a, a, a pair of fishermen that were caught. Uh, Oh yeah, caught, caught cheating in a in a tournament recently. Oh yeah, uh, that's the talk of the town. Um, I'm I'm currently in the state of Ohio, and that's that's the talk of the town. <laughs> I apologize. Definitely. Yeah, it's 
it, yeah, it's bizarre, but uh, definitely. Where should we start? The, the, these are some pretty uh, seriously entertaining stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I feel like uh, it, it's really up to you. One of them, uh, we'll have to choose our words carefully in order to not potentially be, be blocked on Spotify <laughs> or whatnot. Uh, you, you know what's funny is that so we have, we have the fishing tournament that took place here in Ohio. And then, um, you know, obviously the World Chess Hall of Fame is in my hometown of St. Louis. So two bizarre connections here. It's almost like fate yeah. has brought us yeah. to this moment. So, do you have a confession you need to make to, to your? Absolutely fiance? not. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get blocked. <laughs> no. Uh, let's start with this uh, this chess situation, okay? Here. So our our guy, who Magnus. Yes. Yes. Okay. So so our guy Magnus, here, Magnus Carlson, the number one Ma- chess player in the world, and he's kind of been on the top for. Quite, Quite a while, while for for a guy as young as he is. Magnus Carlsen loses his teenager, and just as anybody would be, you ever been at a family game night and wanted to flip the table? I'm sure that's how Magnus felt because how 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 old is this kid? Nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is a David and Goliath type of situation, right? Yeah. And this kid beat him. And then these accusations come along, right? These these serious accusations, talking, you know, more about cheating. You know, like like what what have we heard so far, right? From yeah. Magnus. Well, I mean, he he's not backing down on his allegations that this this uh, this Hans Niemann, uh, this this nineteen year old competitor, was cheating in this chess tournament against him. Um, but but even more recently, just yesterday or two days ago on Tuesday, um, the popular online like chess platform Chess dot com, yeah, claimed that Neiman did or likely did cheat in more than a hundred online matches. Right, right. This is crazy. This is this is pretty crazy, right? I mean, this has been going on for a while, but I guess my question is, and I haven't read deep into it enough, is you know how have they come to the conclusion that he's cheated all these times and did did they did they know about this did they have any idea that this was happening so i know that he had been caught cheating in the past but uh you know claimed that that happened when he was you know like 12 years old or 16 years old and it was a something that had happened in the past um clearly there is there's some more evidence that he's cheating now but uh i'm not privy to what that is or i just don't have a deep enough grasp of you know the highest level professional chess um there are there are there there are online theories from non um non-affiliated people people that are not in the chess world um or at least not uh highly ranking in the chess world that uh that claim that he might have had uh um some kind of telecommunications device uh, <laughs> 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 inserted into uh, one of the spectrum his, commercial. Uh, he had a device capable of receiving transmissions inserted into one of his orifices that was communicating <laughs> to him uh, what exact moves to make. Um, however, that would work. I think, I think, uh, dear listeners, you can probably guess what we're talking about there. He had uh, something uh, that was uh, yeah remote, remotely vibrating inside of his body, right? I um I want to know who was in control of the remote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it sounded like uh, you know it was a live streamed event, so so someone mm-hmm. you know out of the event could have been watching the match unfold and then in real time communicating those. The, the, you know whatever the smartest move would have been um, right who knows who that was or it's it's i would say that it's probably unlikely that this is the the method of cheating uh that was used <laughs> but uh it has gained a lot of traction online you know i i'm glad you i almost called him hans wyman earlier but uh <laughs> hans 
Hans Neiman. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really, you know, this is a big deal, obviously, especially not just yeah, in the chess yeah, world, I mean, but you know, for I mean, it's everyone. been a, it's been a top headline, you know, kind of around the world for almost a month now. Yeah. And you know, I think that a game like chess, a controversy like this is, is like an existential threat to, to the chess world. Right. Um, you know, I just, uh, it's, um, a very intelligent based, um, strategic, um, you know, game. And yeah, I, yeah. I think there's just a lot behind that. So something like this, this is why it holds the type of gravity that it holds. Uh, do, do we know, because like, you know, obviously neither one of us are very familiar. What, what sort of money are these guys making in the chess world? I mean, obviously Carlson's a, you know, a, a Norwegian grandmaster. That's a, that's a whole different thing. But yeah. Like, I mean, he's got his own training courses and apps and yeah. everything. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% certain. Um, if any, if anybody out there, if anybody out there is listening, you know about the, uh, if you know about, uh, you know, the type of dough these guys are raking in let us know so so the champions chess tour 2022 mm -hmm. um is a nine-month series of nine online chess tournaments featured in some of the world's top players who play for a prize money pool of 1.6 million dollars that's 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 some good money especially for a 19 year old i would say yeah. Yeah. you know that's some good money so going back to the the the, the cheating allegations so they're saying that he's cheated in probably more than a hundred games. Correct. Right. And, you know, obviously uh, several of these are prize money events. Um, and he was already over the age of 17 um, and streaming, you know, in yeah, quite a yeah. few of these games. Right. Um, I mean, what sort of sophisticated tools are they using, man? You know, and I mean, what type of analytics did they do, you know, uh, on on Carlson and just I mean, this is pretty deep stuff. And, and you know, not to offend anybody, but how are you using, you know, um, in, internal Morse code to to go about making moves? Right. Like yeah, this is yeah. a developed, intelligent system if this is actually what was happening. Yeah. Well, and I think that that. Uh it's probably very easy for a, you know a computer to know exactly what move to make to counter a move however intelligent it is by a person yeah um, so i don't know what the what the the code might be but uh i imagine that it the the you know as long as it's relayed correctly um it's probably pretty straightforward yeah well you know for most people who have a hand in you know screwing up or or doing something usually the first uh response is you know denial but neiman responded to carlson's allegations and he admitted that he cheated to, but he you know like you said he's only twice he was 12 and 16. so i found that to be interesting too to literally say yeah i've done it before uh yeah yeah well i mean it was already public record so it's hard to it's hard to backtrack and say no i'm not a cheater despite yeah. when you've been caught for it in the past so, so check this out, you know, um, chess.com is in the process also of purchasing Carlson's, uh, play Magnus app for $83 million. Wow. $83 million. I can understand why a guy he's pissed, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I get it, man. Like, you know, the, the more, the more you look into this, you understand what's at stake here. Like this is, uh, you know. You 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 say the the title of grandmaster. It's more than that. This is a brand. Magnus Carlsen's a brand, and yeah, you're yeah. trying I mean, to deauthenticate this brand. Yeah, I mean there there haven't really been many household chess names since you know the Cold War, really, right? Right? No, not at all. Talking about Bobby Fischer. I mean, right? Is that is that like the last person? I would say that that is probably the most recognizable name. Aside Still today, from, uh, yeah, yeah. Aside from Magnus Carlsen, despite yeah, the fact that uh, Bobby Fischer was a pretty horrible person, right? Yeah, yeah. I've heard some pretty, uh, pretty disgusting uh, things about uh, Bobby Fischer. Yeah, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, right. 
did you want to do we want to dive deeper into the, the world of uh uh competitive uh, fish fishing tournament cheating <laughs> yes we yes absolutely uh let's let's uh let's take a little jog up to lake erie let's talk about that go ahead yeah so there was a, a recent uh a tournament in which uh the, the team that won was caught uh basically artificially increasing the weight of the fish that they caught um because there's so much you know luck involved in fishing like you know you can have the the nicest equipment and whatnot but like at the end of the day you can't control how much the fish you catch weigh it's pretty tight it's pretty luck 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 based oh yeah so uh the team that that won was caught uh i guess you know increasing the weight of the fish they caught by uh kind of shoving lead weights down their stomach yeah yeah you know just to give everybody out there listening an idea you know the prize at this tournament was twenty nine thousand dollars okay these gentlemen pick you know were stuffing these fish with lead weights and also pieces of other fish <laughs> like they had cut up and filleted other fish and were shoving them into the mouths of the fish that they caught and literally had enough guts to you know weigh these suckers in and you know a fish that should have weighed four pounds all of a sudden comes up showing eight i mean that's not that's not you know a little bit of a difference this was just like complete absolute greed yeah well and it, if i remember correctly it it sounds like that team in the past has won almost half a million dollars from oh absolutely so yep. their their history is is pretty deep so it's it's not unlikely that this is not their first uh first rodeo so to speak yeah now you got the ohio department of natural resources involved oh you don't uh -oh. want to mess with the dnr you don't want to get you you don't want to get the odnr involved okay listen they walked in there did you see any did you see the the videos from you know when they got caught i did <laughs> we'd play a clip but again we don't want to get blocked on spotify I, this was a this crowd was in an uproar and we're ready to just commit crimes that's what yeah, i'll say yeah, they, yeah. these you people know, were it, pissed yeah if you, if you to, to visualize imagine a crowd uh imagine if a, a crowd at a nascar race uh found out that drivers had to start turning you know right that's Not that's cool. the, that's the kind of outrage we're talking oh my god you know so like let's talk about the future obviously you know we don't know exactly everything that's going to happen here um but now you know this scandal has caused these the people who run these tournaments to you know open their eyes and now they're they're even talking about in future competitions requiring that everything caught goes through an x-ray and has to be cut open um and at yeah. least the you know top four or five boats to just you know uh, prevent unfair play so you know it's uh it's pretty crazy you know the they released a statement that said that you know 99.9 .9 of the time like this is a rarity right like the fish don't weigh any differently than what's expected so this is this is shaking up the uh the state of ohio pretty uh, you know pretty well yeah hopefully uh hopefully they recover uh I'm sure that there's a, a hooters or something that those fish fans can, can go to, to <laughs> definitely to, uh, to, there's to plenty better. of hooters um uh so you know we we talked about the two the two major cheating scandals in the in the world of smaller sports but uh it's got to pivot to something slightly more serious this last week uh just a couple of days ago two days ago uh we had a, a massive report come out um about the united states soccer federation and the national women's soccer league basically detailing a, a decade of uh you know systematic abuse that uh was directed towards towards players kind of a really uh disgusting situation that was allowed to unfold there definitely i mean it's uh 
it's basically, you know, everyone's fears, right? I mean, um, you know, I haven't read too extensively. I, I kind of focused in on the stories surrounding, um, you know, Paul Riley. Yeah, yeah. And just going back, I mean, we're talking going back a decade, right? Back to yeah. 2013, 2014. Yeah, basically in t- since the inception of the league 10 years ago. Exactly. And so from the get-go, you have a guy like this in a position of power trying to take advantage of people he's, you know, trusted to look out for and whose best interests he should have in mind. And not long after becoming, you know, uh, a coach, he is literally trying to sexually harass, you know, these women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there are a couple. You know, the the three main coaches they they focused on in their in their report were Paul Riley, Rory Dames, and Christy Holly. Right. All all of which, uh, um, you know, were allowed to stay in in their positions, despite numerous complaints, um, numerous yeah. you know witness accounts of wrongdoing, um, with, with basically no ramifications. And even when they were you know later you know fired. No justification was given. No, no warning was was really told about that. And we had we had some folks, uh, you know, able to to maintain jobs in the league despite not even having appropriate coaching licenses. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, even specifically for for Riley, continuing to be able to get jobs when it was known his behavior was known within the league. It wasn't, it was public knowledge, you know, with, within the league, everyone knew that he had an issue, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, uh, continued to, uh, to be employed. Um, I also found it interesting too, in the, you know, Yates report that when they were looking into the allegations concerning Christy Holly, racing Louisville did not cooperate I don't know if you saw this or not, but they refused to produce any documents. They um, would not permit witnesses or former employees to answer any questions um, that were relevant to Holly's tenure. Um, and then they used the old non-disclosure and you know non-disparagement agreements, obviously, as the the, the case behind it. But uh, I mean, I think that in itself tells you that. Uh, you know, the misconduct there has been covered up and it, and they want to continue to cover this up uh, even, in, you know, until now. Yeah, yeah. And and it's, and it's you know, just disappointing because, you know, Chicago organizations, Chicago Red Stars also were cited as, you know, not producing documents for almost a year. Um, same with uh, the Portland organization that, uh, oh, yeah. you know, tried to interfere with this despite making public statements about how in support of this investigation they were like while the investigation was ongoing they publicly stated how how important it was and then you know tried to to hold up this uh this reported investigation at every intersection definitely you know it's funny about the portland thorns is that they did their own 20 uh, they did their own investigation internally in 2015 on Riley and when they were doing this investigation the the Yates's uh, Yates's reps went to the club and they flat out told them um we're we're not gonna give you access to anything that we put together back in 2015 um there's attorney-client privilege here um you know I mean just again they know about it at the end of the day, they're sitting there saying, We're, we don't want to get cited for not doing what we should have done. So you see this domino effect, right? Like you, you've got sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and then you've got a club saying they did an investigation because they cared. And then you have another investigation that happens and they go to the club and the club says no. We didn't do anything wrong, but we're not going to show you what we did. And it's just a sad cycle. And it happens in so many sports. 
What's particularly sickening about this situation is because all the players are, are females, right? And this is an ongoing, you know, trend in the world, even in this day and age where men in power are abusing it. It's yeah. just yeah. it's just crazy, right? Yeah, and and not even touched upon in the report is the fact that uh, you know you know part of part of this decade of abuse. Um, they were they were. Sorry, there, my microphone is falling over. Um, oh my you know, goodness! One, one of the one of the things not mentioned in this report or not outlined was that this decade of abuse, um, in part, was able to happen because so much of it was. Uh, you know, directed specifically at women of color, women with, uh, you know, who already are are marginalized in so many other ways, and always with with much less recourse than, uh, you know, some of the the white women in the league. Um, obviously, yeah. it's it's horrible, no matter who is the victim of it. But uh, when when it's allowed to continue, primarily, you know, as a result of also being directed at you know, people of color, women of color, um, it just kind of makes the, the whole thing that much worse. Yeah. Agreed. You know, Jeff Plush is a former commissioner of the NWSL. He was a commissioner from 2015 to 2017. And he was fully aware of the findings, um, that the clubs had on Paul Riley. And, uh, again, during this investigation, they reached out to Jeff Plush and they got nothing, not even a response, but they did find that he was fully aware of the allegations, acknowledged them, was spoken to about them. He didn't step in to do anything. There, there, there was no type of punishment. He didn't prevent Riley from continuing to coach in the league. And uh, even scarier, he's now the, the, he's now the CEO of USA Curling. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's quick. Well, I mean, and even the previous NWCL commissioner, Jill Ellis, um, you know, was directly aware of these things. Um, and, and there's public record emails of players directly reporting to the then commissioner um, about these problems and her responding. Um, and then just in, in that uh, ESPN documentary that uh, showed yesterday, I believe, she just blatantly denied ever having word of that despite the fact that not only can we see those emails but she responded to them um and now right. she now she's in a front office position for the expansion team the san diego wave yeah i mean it, it's it's no different with i mean if you look at all these uh, investigations and the profiles on everyone involved you see the same recurring thing okay here's a coach who is getting way too close with his players and not in a way of you know uh, family or um, you know of, of care you know it's the same behavior all over it's it starts with texting and sending you know explicit photos or you know making yeah, yeah. advances getting drunk trying to get players drunk and then you know just making things uncomfortable but being yeah, in a position where you know they're he he's he's forcing them to reciprocate uh yeah, you know yeah. out of that position of out of that position of power leveraging that um you know always upon victims that aren't able to uh you know do anything in return because that's 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 their boss basically absolutely absolutely it, you know look you and i talked about this here you know, when all this news first broke. Um, is it surprising? Unfortunately, it is not in, in the world that we live in. And I firmly believe that this, this story is going to go really deep. I think it's going to shake the NWSL to its core uh, more than it already has. And I think there are a lot of people that have enabled this behavior and will continue, you know, have continued to enable it and are trying to deflect obviously and um it, they're gonna have a lot of uh, damage control and a lot of uh, house cleaning to do because this yeah, is uh, yeah. a complete other mess well and it's and it's a shame too because not only have the players 
throughout this entire, you know, decade of abuse, been the victims. But all of this cleanup, all of this recourse that's going to happen over the next few years is, again, just more things that they have to deal with. Um, whether that means sponsors begin dropping teams that, that they're playing for because the, the leadership in those organizations, you know, were, were privy to this or, or didn't do enough. Um, Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, the people that are going to be hurt by this the most still are going to be the players, you know. Always. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. The the owner of Portland organization of Chicago or North Carolina, you know, like they can sell their team and make way more money than they ever put into it with yeah. no issues. Like that's the worst case scenario for them. Um, right. And it's just a it's just disappointing all the way around because this should be a real celebratory year. It's the 10th year of the WSL. Um, it was their biggest year for fans. Um, you know, some of the most exciting players in the history of the league are playing right now. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but this report dropped uh, at an unfortunate time for, for players in terms of, you know, we're, we're, we're just coming off the end of the regular season on an international break. Um, and some of the best players in the league are now, you know, trying to qualify for the World Cup or their or with the U.S. team, you know, they're, they're about to play one of their biggest friendly matches in the history of the organization, uh, playing at Wembley tomorrow. Um, and it's just another, it's just more emotional labor that players are forced to deal with. Right. You know, like you just touched on, this NWSL coverage and, um, you know, um, awareness is at its highest and had been at its highest, right? Like, this is where they've wanted to be and they they're just scratching the surface and this happens and like you said it's 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 hurting the players and they're the ones who are going to suffer and um it's unfortunate you know i've always said that with any league whether it's the nba whether it's the nwsl whether it's the wnba mlb whatever the case is when you deal with this type of when these types of uh, allegations and crimes, this should be handled by a third party, someone yeah. not affiliated with the league. There should be someone designated outside of the organization that specializes in these types of scenarios and situations and understands fully how to handle it. It is a complete conflict of interest to have someone in-house handle in-house problems. Yeah, and that's yeah. just, it's just that, you know, they can't be trusted, right? The NCAA should be doing the absolute same thing. Yeah. You know, after we've seen, you know, all these things over the years, uh, you know, transpire. Um, that's my take on it. I think that, you know, until that happens, we're going to continue to see um, cover-ups. We're going to continue to see people turn their head. We're going to continue to see people who want to report but are in fear just like these players are of retaliation or you know their careers being derailed in some way shape or form because of someone you know sick who's in power like this yeah yeah and i know that there's uh the the safe sport program but you know obviously that program is not enough it's not built correctly it has no power um reports to that organization have gone um fallen on deaf ears um, and nothing has come of them so there, there needs to be a third party investigator who actually has the power to to you know hand out punishments um, to, to right. clean house when need be um, and it's it's an unfortunate situation with a difficult uh, difficult path forward but uh, I do wish the best for the for the players um, you know uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully things get a lot better for them uh in a short amount of time. Definitely. Um, like I said, I believe that, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to take a while to really, really get to the bottom of all this and it's going to be going back a long time. But, uh, at some point here, you know, um, it, it, this is going to be an eye opener for everyone and, uh, you know, hopefully they will be in a better, you know, safer environment, uh, where they can just focus on being good players, good athletes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and like I said, uh, there is that, that big match for the U.S. team tomorrow as they play the English national team in Wembley. Uh, definitely. So definitely something worth worth checking out. 
believe it's yeah. at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, 3 p.m. So Eastern. That'd be a good one. A little early in the day, but, uh, you know, it happens. It's another continent. Yeah. <laughs> that's too early to drink. Watch a good uh, game. Yeah, that's what I'll be doing. Absolutely. Heck yeah, tune in. You know, uh, you know, support these uh, support these great female athletes that we uh, we have support in the country. Yeah, and and just further than that, I would like to mention that if you do want to, uh, you know, help NWL players specifically, you know, with things like covering mental health treatment or or other needs as they go through these, uh, you know, as they reckon with uh, this decade of abuse, um, you can go to supporttheplayers.net. Um, a nonprofit set up uh, set up to, uh, to help with those monetary needs. Uh, that's supporttheplayers.net. Definitely great. Yeah, it's great stuff, Lefty. We'll uh, we'll definitely tweet that out here um, so you have that link. And uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So so pivoting away from uh, the seriousness of this uh, Yates report, we also have the uh, the wild card round of the MLB playoffs starting tomorrow. It's here. There's 48 teams playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they let the uh, they they let the top 18 from the from the Pacific Coast League and the International League in AAA. That's right, in. man. That's right. Now, nah, hey, that you know, that's what they need to do, right? Forget this new uh, ex, you know extended uh, wild card stuff happened. Let's go EPL style, right? Yeah, yeah. That, like that, the uh, like yeah. the FA Cup. Every team yeah. in England gets to play. Let's do that with baseball. I want the uh, definitely. I want the I want the Carolina League. I want the uh, the Atlantic League Independent. I want those. Oh my uh, god, the Savannah Bananas. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I just saw. So I wasn't familiar with the Savannah Bananas until just recently. What an electric organization. What what <laughs> what what a what a circus, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're like. Uh, they're like five percent as cool as the Harlem Globetrotters, but they're trying. Right. They're trying for the same thing. They're they're, they're trying. They're they're, yeah. they're putting the effort out there. Yeah, it'd be crazy to see the uh, Durham Bulls take on the Giants, you know, or something yeah, crazy like yeah, that. Yeah. But that would be yeah, that would be hilarious. So, look, we got we got the Guardians and the Rays. We got the Cardinals and the Phillies. We got the Blue Jays and the Mariners. We got the Mets and the Padres. Let's start with the Rays and Guardians. What's uh, what's your final uh, outcome on on this series, Lefty? You know, um, I like the Rays. I think they've got you know some real pitching depth. Uh, yeah. Shane McClanahan has been great this season. Oh yeah. But uh, I think the Guardians might pull it off. That's a that's a good young team, uh, and I, I think Jose Ramirez is uh, is due for another playoff breakout. Oh yeah, definitely. Don't forget about Justin Bieber's cousin Shane. Um, he's going up against McClanahan. Uh, that's uh, going to be a, a good uh, uh, pitching showdown. But I listen here. Towards the end, I wasn't paying as much attention. Obviously, I was watching the NL Central, but. Uh, the Guardians won 92 games. Yeah. They finished yeah. 22 games over 500. Yeah, pretty easy when the, uh, whole, the whole division's just hot trash. Yeah, that's... I don't want to bring it up, but... I don't want to bring it up, man. But to, to uh, all our listeners out there, it's been a tough week, you know. Uh, Lefty's still reeling from the TLR uh, decision. Um, not the decision that he's stepping down, just having to see him at that press conference yeah, talking. Yeah. That was, that yeah. was hard for Lefty to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anytime I have to listen to that man speak, uh, I age a little bit. You know, I started the season in, in my 20s, and now I'm older than him. That's right. I want everyone to know that uh, Lefty had a full head of luscious hair, and now it's just half there. Uh, because of this yeah that might even be an overstatement it's it's, yeah (laughs) uh, Uh, few few strings left my my uh, dear old face yeah exactly it's it's the wear and tear you know it's 162 game season you know yeah Um, yeah yeah. it's like the before and after before and after photos of presidents oh my gosh yeah those those are those are pretty messed up like obama looked yeah yeah that's crazy his eight years—that's what I—that's what happened to me this season. Definitely. 
we uh we've got the Phillies and the Cardinals. The you know this is going to be an interesting one. I think uh, I I think the Cardinals take it. I mean I think they take this. You know my fear is uh, can they take anyone else after that? <laughs> so that's my fear. But I and, and I do so, think the Cardinals uh you know um uh you know uh do end up beating the Phillies. I think uh, I think that they only take game one. I think Jose Quintana comes out, wins game one, and then uh, yeah. then Michaelis Aaron, goes down. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the uh, he Aaron, gets out Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is is gonna get his his uh, his just desserts. It'll be interesting here. I saw some crazy stats. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. It was making its way around the uh, the internet, but. Uh, the Phillies record with and without Bryce Harper. Yeah, they they were doing substantially better without Bryce Harper. Um, just since he's been with the team, they've just won a lot more games, which I find to be just crazy. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those uh, those correlation without causation kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably the dude is. is one of the best players in in baseball. I don't think yeah, that he's, you can't deny he, that. I don't think that uh, Mickey Moniak or whoever they're running out there Mickey in his Moniac. place are uh, are uh, are really carrying weight. Mickey Moniak. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So you got you got your uh, your new hometown team. Uh, you got the Mariners going up against the 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 BJ's. Um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm saying the Blue Jays are going to take it. Yeah, yeah, I will. You know, I think for me, like, um, I am, I'm, I'm rooting. Listen, if the Mariners pull it off, hey, good for them because I, I just don't think they, they can. But uh, for the, for the Jays, man, uh, I just think it's, it's, it's due. It has been a long time for the Blue Jays, man. Like, you know, not, not as long as the Mariners, for sure. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just like. I, you know, I love that lineup uh, that the Blue Jays have. Not saying that I don't care for the Seattle lineup. Um, I think they have some good young talent on there. I think, you know, um, but uh, the uh, the Blue Jays, especially in that division, that's a tough one. Now you got Baltimore yeah. coming out of nowhere. You know, it's it's hard to get in there. Uh, so, you know, I'll uh, I'm going with the Jays as well. Uh, now this one, uh, the Padres and the Mets. Okay, this one's interesting to me. Is okay. it? Is it? It's the Mets. That's the yeah. only thing there is. Exactly. The, the 101 win Mets are going to smash the Padres that, I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know how they made the playoffs to begin with. Hey, really. Well, uh, I didn't, you know, we were just talking about on one of the last episodes, like, is, are things going to get weird? You know, are the Padres going to have a meltdown? Now, this you Darvish, Scherzer, uh, you know, matchup, you know, game one is 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 going to be I hope hopefully a good you know, uh, you know pitching duel. Uh, yeah, just the Mets. Yes, they won 101 games, but they're still the Mets, right? They yeah. historically they just they crap the bed, right? It's uh, but so do the Padres. So it's like who falls apart, right? Obviously, well, the I mean, Mets I'll, won you know uh, a dozen more games. It's it's I'll, you know I'll, I'll tell you, I just watched the White Sox beat the Padres and like. <laughs> <laughs> a series a few days ago so i'll tell you that the padres aren't looking too hot to me exactly and i gotta say i mean i'll probably never say this but you know i i, I still enjoy seeing the padres fall apart so you know i'm I, i'm thinking the mets take this one you know yeah, uh, yeah. if the white together. Sox can win two or three against the padres i think the mets can win six of three <laughs> definitely Definitely. Now, uh, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but, uh, you know, well, let's start here. Who are the players you're going to be keeping an eye on as far as uh, the, you know, the wild card round goes? Uh, well, like I said, uh, big Jose Quintana fan, one of my favorite former White Sox players. I really want him to do well. Um, if you follow, follow our account on Twitter, uh, you know I've been uh, talking up Aaron Nola. Absolutely. Yep. And just to just to just to quote something that I tweeted the other day, you know that there are since 2000 and, uh, 2017, I think it was. I, I gotta I gotta read my own tweets. 
Yeah, since 2016. You know that only three pitchers have accumulated more wins above replacements than Aaron Nola? Uh, Only three. Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, and Garrett Cole. uh, That's good company. Yeah, he's been one of the best players in baseball, best pitchers for nearing a decade, you know, for the last six seasons. It's Um, crazy. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does. Um, And I I, I do want to... I, I would like to see him with a deep playoff run. Um, also, gonna t- one of my favorites, also uh, Teoscar Hernandez with the Blue Jays. That yeah, that's who I was. Uh, that's literally who I was gonna say. I I wanna I wanna see uh, Teoscar just obviously listen. Bo Bichette is uh, you know one of my favorite players in the league. I mean, I just love watching uh, you know him play play the game. But uh, Teoscar is a. Uh, He's a beast. I want to see him break out. I want to see yeah, him uh, yeah. show out, man. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. And he's had he's had flashes in the last few years, but he's been sidelined by, uh, you know, COVID and some injuries. Um, he was really poised to break out last season um, and uh, was slowed up by COVID. But I think that uh, I think he's I think he's I think he's going to do it. Um, I was I've loved watching. Uh, sorry, what was that? No, I was I was I was worried you were gonna say Pete Alonzo. Um, no, I think that uh, Pete Alonzo is not one of my favorite players. Uh, Good. Every time I hear him talk, I like him less. Good. <laughs> um, Andres, uh, who's it? Andres Colorado. <laughs> Andres Jimenez for the Guardians. Yes. Who has been surprisingly the best second baseman in baseball this year? Man. Um, Unless he's playing shortstop, I thought he was playing second base. <laughs> I can't. I don't. I think he's been playing second base this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's been phenomenal this year. Oh yeah. Last last I checked, he was approaching seven wins above replacement. He might have cracked it already. But yeah, like, he, he cracked it. Yeah, he was absolutely. he was he was sitting right at like three hundred and was playing great defense. Um, and just a surprise breakout star this year. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't I think like, the I think without him, uh, the Guardians might not be a playoff team. He's really solidified that team. Definitely. I mean, they had some, they had some just breakout players, right? You know, Ste- Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan is up there. Rosario, uh, you know, Miles Straw. Who the hell is Miles Straw? Well, right? I mean, Miles Straw's not. He kind of fell off a bit. He had a he had, yeah. a, great, he had a great start, but uh, he, yeah, I mean, terror. Yeah, he had a great start. His stats were up there, but it's still, you know, it's just like. You know, uh, with with Jimenez, um, you know, I thought he was going to end up being, having a 2020 season. Um, you know, uh, he, he put up great numbers there. Just a, an outstanding, really, really multi-tool player, man. Uh, yeah. Fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. he uh, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. Tristan McKenzie is another player um, who's kind of, you know, built upon their his, his early success uh, and his... Uh, I guess you'd call this his junior season, yeah. His second, second full season, um, looked really good. Um, it's a, it's going to be a good team for a while. Yeah, and we're going to talk about pitching. I mean, Cal Quantrill. You know, I mean, uh, what? Where did this guy come from? Right? I mean, she's Guardians pitching. Yeah, still somehow uh, Zach Plezak managed to just still have a terrible record this year. So yeah. I mean, they're trying to trade him, aren't they? Weren't they? They're trying. So, you know, we got to talk about your your new hometown team. All right. We're going to talk about the Mariners a little bit. I got to say, didn't think Luis Castillo was going to have continued success. Okay. Thought he'd be, you know, okay. But he had continued success. Um, you know? I don't think that he's going to. I don't think that, that, that his contract is going to be worth it, if you ask me. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I think that you know, we are very familiar with starting pitchers at this age and how some of these contracts play out. Yeah, I mean he'll um, be thirty next year. Um, you know he's never cracked two hundred innings pitched. Um, he, he this year was, you know, it was a solid year, but like again, um, it's a pretty far departure from. Uh, I mean. Fewer wins above replacement than last year. Fewer wins yeah. above replacement than his previous high in 2019. 
um, you can you can sniff out that down, downward trajectory. Obviously, it's right. probably a little safer for the Mariners to, uh, you know, sign him to that extension versus uh, hope that another failed American starter turned KBO success story can be signed to them and continue that success. Uh, oh yeah, like uh, yeah. Was it, who, who, who was it? Uh, who's their uh, who's their pitcher that uh, was in the KBO? Chris Flexen? Is that who I'm thinking of? Uh, Chris Flexen. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was the one. Uh, no, so I, I, I listen. I'll say this. You know, um, a guy like Robbie Ray, he's an anomaly to me. You know, like you see stuff from Robbie Ray, and you're like, wow, nasty stuff, crazy pitcher. And then you just see others, and you're like, is this well, the I same mean, pitcher? Is this the same well, guy? I mean, I think that that's another contract they're going to thoroughly regret. He was league average this year. He, he coming into Absolutely. this year, he had two seasons that were what you could consider above average right. over Absolutely. the previous eight years. Um, and he turned that into a massive contract. I don't really know how he won Cy Young last year. Um, That's what I'm saying. And he, and he turned into two wins above replacement year, league average exactly. production. Exactly. I mean, that money, the Luis Castillo money, it's gonna it's gonna handcuff him for a while. Um, they're gonna they're gonna hope that uh, Jared Kelnick can uh, uh, keep it together. You know what's funny about Jared you Kelnick? Know, I found about no, because <laughs> I'll tell you what's funny about Jared Kelnick. He's gonna replace Russell Wilson as the corniest man in uh, in Seattle. Really? He's 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 uh, the torch has been passed. Yeah, ah, he's okay. a, he's a little young, but uh, he'll grow into the role. He's just a freaking dork. Exactly. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about the, uh, like, uh, that's why I said Robbie Ray is an anomaly. Logan Gilbert, I think, is just young, good. Yeah. Same, like, with, same with George Kirby. Allen. Yeah. Same George with... Kirby is right there, obviously. I mean, those two are going to be the anchors. Um, unless Chris Flexen comes along. Uh, but uh, obviously, with Luis Castillo, um, you know, We'll see how this all pans out. But I found it interesting about the Mariners that offensively, this was not a good team. No. This is not this is not a good team. And I mean, like, I'm talking about just, like, on base percentage. I, I mean, they didn't have a single player. They had one player on this team that hit over 280 this year. Okay. And obviously, that was Julio Rodriguez. But, I mean, on average, their everyday hitters were hitting close to 220, 230. Now, think about that. That is pretty screwed up. And they still were able to wiggle their way into the into the playoffs. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess uh I guess when your competition are the Oakland Athletics uh and the and the and the Middling Rangers uh it's a little easier to uh to squeeze by. Aaron Judge hit that 60-second home run in Texas and I had just realized I was like I totally forgot about the Rangers like as an organization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm serious like I I thought to myself, "Oh, how about the Rangers?" Wow. Which uh hey listen, I I said earlier in the year on, on one of our early episodes that that uh, that starting rotation is going to be lights out here in a couple of years if they can develop these pitchers. That's going to be uh that's going to be an awesome starting rotation. Uh, for the the Rangers, but that's uh you know that's in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know so, um, it, it sucks for them because they they actually did get pretty decent production out of Marcus Simeon and uh, Corey Seager. They're two two big. They did big signings after yeah. after horrible starts of the year. Both of them, you know. Yeah. Put up decent. It was numbers. it was looking bad. Yeah, it was looking bad, man. But uh, so, uh, do you want to make any early? Uh, hot take uh, World Series predictions. Yeah, I mean, how can you root again? I mean, it's not fun at all, but it's got to be the Dodgers and the Astros, right? I mean, that's not even a hot take. They're just the two best teams in baseball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think without a doubt, I can't really see it going any other way. Like like I said earlier, you, you know, even for a team, even for the Mets and the Cardinals, like, you know, obviously you, you can 
the Mets can beat the Braves, possibly. It goes back and forth, obviously. But who can beat the Dodgers at this point, you know, in the National League? And, you know, Houston's just, I mean, they're a dynasty. Like, what, what are you going to do at this point, man? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, the, they're the Patriots of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're just, a, they're a dynasty. So, yeah. I mean, I think the most fun would be probably the Blue Jays and the Phillies. Um, well, well, you know, uh, if our predictions are correct, you know, um, the next round up, George Springer will be making his Houston return in the playoffs. Same with uh, Hernandez. Mm, yes, sir. That's that. That's going to be a little fun. These yeah. guys might uh, tear it up. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't know how many people or how many games. Uh, I don't. I don't believe. I can't remember, but I don't think Teoscar actually played that many games in Houston. But uh, yeah. But uh, I think he got a ring, right? I think he played like just yeah. in 2017. He just got a handful of games. Yeah. Exactly. D- don't quote yeah. me on it. But I think he was on that um, team for at least a couple of games. One thing I want to point out to uh, any of our uh, baseball listeners here, um, tickets are absurdly cheap for the the wild card round. There are still uh, Cardinals-Phillies tickets on sale for $7. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, Mariners Blue Jays tickets if you're if you're a Toronto local uh, at forty nine dollars. So, I mean, this is a good opportunity to go see some playoff baseball or just enjoy a stadium. Yeah, yeah. So to pivot back to cheap tickets um, and the NWSL with the playoffs starting next week, those tickets are also very reasonable. Um, exactly. I know that I looked at uh, looked at tickets here in Seattle for their. Uh, semifinal game and you could get tickets as low as twenty dollars so uh that's another if you're looking to see a different sport playoffs uh you know nwsl playoffs are starting next week and also very affordable yeah and seriously like why not just go out enjoy some this is a nice time of year enjoy some nice weather have a drink and just hang out you know i mean it's, it's a cool environment to be in especially there in seattle yeah if you go to the if you go to the semifinal game in seattle hit us up on twitter at underrated pod, let me know. I'll give you a sticker. Meet you at the game. Bring it right to your seat. <laughs> there you go, right there. That's that's worth that's worth the ticket price in itself, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's all we've got today. Uh, gonna wrap things up. We're about about at the hour mark. It's a, it's a long uh-huh. time to talk about chest cheating, bass fishing, and uh, some some internal morse code and some nw cell abuse which is a other side of the spectrum of seriousness <laughs> um Boy. uh so you can check this episode out on spotify apple podcasts and wherever the podcast can be found as well as all of our other episodes we're on youtube at underrated pod we're on twitter at underrated pod that's at under underscore rated underscore pod and we now have a uh, burgeoning tiktok following um, De- you can definitely. find you can find us on TikTok at underrated pod. That's at under underscore rated underscore pod. Um, we will uh, be back next week with another episode. Definitely keep your eyes peeled. We've got another Patreon special coming your way. Yeah.